Gavin. Hi, Louie. It's been a minute. It has been a hot minute. Do I look different? You do. You're very, um... You're taller. What? Okay, well... <laughs> I'm... For you all at home, I'm a little bit tanner. I'm on the cusp of becoming 30 entire years old. Uh, God, what's that like? What's it like to be so old? I mean, it's fine, fresh, fierce bikinis on top. <laughs> Especially because I spent the last week in Mexico just That's like true. living my best self. You were. You were in Cabo, Cabo-ing mm-hmm. it up. Yep, sure was. I don't know. If, is that a thing? Cabo-ing it up? Yeah. I think it's just when you like don't wear any clothes and drink all the time. I did see some Instagram pictures. <laughs> you can find that on... <laughs> For exclusive content, please. <laughs> and now that we've gotten the personal business out of the way, no, actually, I'd love to hear more. Uh, but this is the Mixed Reviews. Yeah, we're the Mixed Reviews, guys. Yeah. And we talk about movies. And movies. S- movies. <laughs> Mostly movies. Mostly movies. And gay stuff. And gay stuff. It is wild. Like, the people that talk to me, they're like, oh my god, I love your queer podcast. Oh, good. And I'm like, I guess just by virtue of us doing this, yeah. it's, the show has certainly become gayer than I thought it would. <laughs> and that's a credit to you and me. And yeah. who we are. Yeah, I I do take responsibility mm. for that, or at least 25%. And I'll give the other 75% Thank to Thank you. you. Thank you. And uh, that adds up to 75%. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, we have some old business before we get into the new business. You do yes. look very tan, actually. I guess I should have said that. Like, God, Gavin, like, do you even see me? <laughs> the, I'm I'm not used to it because I'm basically alabaster. Mm, so, alabaster. Yeah. The sexiest of whites. <laughs> um, yes, we do have some old business. A little bit of a controversial old business. Yeah. Um, so our last episode was about LGBT cinema. And... Super fun episode, I thought. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people had fun listening, hopefully. And but So we did a poll. We always do a poll. And um, we asked what your favorite uh, movie was. And I was like, for a while, I was like, should we even do one? There's just so much to do. But I ended up doing it anyway. Um, and Paris is Burning came in with 29%, which was one of your picks. Moonlight, which was my pick, came in with 14%. I chose Brokeback Mountain to go on here also just because it's kind of like the biggest yeah. name. That also got 14%, but a whopping 43% of you said other. Um, and But not a ton of people responded with... And that is my one problem with the other selection is like, if you're going to vote other, tell us what that other is. Wow, Gavin. Way to like I just, yell at our audience. I have never yelled at an audience like this before. <laughs> when my mother yells at me, it's because she loves me. Um, some, Kelly said she really liked The Handmaiden, um, which some, a friend of mine said that it was excellent. And it's a Korean movie. Yes, I don't love it, but that's not... I don't think it's a necessarily a bad movie. And also my viewing experience of it was tainted, but we'll talk about that on, mm-hmm. on a non-podcast thing. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, someone said Tongues Untied. Tongues Untied is great, and I'm actually really bummed that we didn't mention it. But there's there's so many really good movies that we never got to... Right. But, I, but I'm a cheerleader comes to mind. We never talked yeah. about that. I love that movie. Um, there's others. My brain's just not working. Right. Uh, someone else said Casa Rochelle and she male snails. Yes, uh, that is Jesse, and they also would like to chastise our poll. And I yes. do, I do think it's important to put in the dissent. They said 
wait, but one of their movies is made by all straight people. One of these movies was made by exploiting its subjects to absurd degrees, and the other is fine. Um, I disagree, I disagree with the second sentence because that has never been proven. So I also would disagree with the last one. Like Moonlight is not quote fine. <laughs> that's that's Jesse for you. They're they're actually pretty great, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so Brokeback Mountain was made by All Street Evil, and that's a fair critique. Yeah, that's um, a fair critique. But, you know, I also want gay people to make movies about everyone, and like, so... <laughs> but I, I agree, and... Uh, You're the enemy, Louis. I am the enemy. <laughs> this is over. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, we knew that we were coming into... Oh yeah, our, that we would never be able to... We knew going into the Queer Cinema Podcast, we would never be able to cover everything, and actually one of the fun things about doing this is it does... Um, create conversation and we do get, you know, a lot of responses. Actually, I would also like to say Keith Walker, uh, who's a listener, um, sent us a, a string of, uh, of suggestions and whatnot during, after listening to that episode. And, uh, um, oh, yeah. I also, got, yeah. And I, 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 I just, we don't have time to read them all right now, but they were really good. And like, if you follow us on Twitter, you can actually, find those uh responses uh, on there mostly we just want to talk about gay stuff okay yeah yeah let us live yeah <laughs> um speaking of gay stuff yeah today's episode is all about the iconic the legendary miss rita moreno yes um we are very loosely like pegging this to the fact that her show one day at a time was recently picked up for a third season which is funny because we don't really talk about television um <laughs> but but also that show is amazing it really is i binged the entire because i had not watched it yet oh damn I, it. I know what is wrong with me I i'm binged... jealous that you were able to watch it even oh, though like I, I, for the first time for the first like, time yeah, yeah, like yeah. i i was like explain yourself <laughs> like the amount of times that i oh, if i ever had a perfume it would just be called explain yourself <laughs> i like that come on mini challenge <laughs> yeah. why who what <laughs> explain yourself i love that <laughs> Yeah, we can talk about One Day at a Time later in our yes. fast forward, but, oh, the tears. The tears, they come. Bitch. Um, so, Gavin. Yes, Louis. Why don't you take us into the rewind. Excellent. And educate us about Miss Rita. Rita Moreno, uh, born Rosa Dolores Alvaro Marcano mm -hmm. in 1931 on December 11th. Uh, in Puerto Rico. Yes. She is a Puerto Rican actress. She's Puerto Rican. I love her No so matter much. what you see her yeah. in all these movies, yeah. no matter how many times in these movies she plays literally every type of ethnic person ever. Yes. She's Puerto Rican. Especially in the 50s. She's Puerto Rican. Um, so uh, she was born in, uh, and I want to make sure I'm saying this right, you probably would have gotten this better, but just luck of the draw, I had to, uh, Humaco? Hum um... Was he? um Humacao. Humacao, Puerto Rico. Uh, her mother, Rosa, was a seamstress. Her father, Jose, was a farmer. Um, she was originally nicknamed Rosita, and actually the very first film role she had, she's la labeled as uh, Rosita Moreno. Um, uh, her mother was only 17 when she was born, um, which is crazy. Um, in 36, her mother separated from her father, and she took Rita with her to New York. Um, but she left her son, uh, Francisco, yeah. in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, I, I've, like, seen interviews with her, and she's just talking about how she remembers this, like, young, and she calls him dark. She was like, I am the most Spanish-looking of my family, um, and how her brother was just, like, this tiny, skinny, little dark boy, and that she only has, like, very scant memories of him, because the intention was to go back and get him again, but it just never happened. 
And that's so sad. Which, that's really sad. I mean, and then, like, I... <laughs> Her being born when her mom was so young, like, that is, I mean, especially for the time period, the Latino way, you know, that was just, you know, right. you you become of age, you have your quinceanera, you fucking marry someone who has some money, maybe, and start popping out kids. Like, that's just the way it goes. But, I mean, it's incredible that the path she's taken um, to where she's now. Nobody said I was going to be a star someday, uh, especially in this country. I was just a Puerto Rican child. But I knew I was going to be very active in the show business. I loved it. I was dancing from the time I was four or five years old. So I have done nothing else in my life except perform. In New York, uh, she ended up taking uh, her stepfather's name, Moreno. Mm -hmm. After arriving in New York, she then started working with a Spanish da dancer known as uh, Paco uh, Cancino, who was actually Rita Hayworth's paternal uncle. No way! Yeah. Um, when she was 11 years old, she began voicing films, Spanish Spanish language voices for films. Cool. And uh, she had her first Broadway role in the play Skydrift at the age of 13. So casual. Yeah. And Hollywood scouts saw her there, and then she started acting in the 50s. Yeah. So she was very young, like late teens, early 20s. Um, she does a string of films, as you mentioned, as every ethnicity possible. In fact, I saw an interview where she basically um, said she developed it. Um, it was like an Ur accent. Yeah, like, exactly. She's like, she's like, if I played, you know, uh, Middle Eastern, it was this. Right. And if it was like Hawaiian, it was this. Right. And, so, and, and no matter what it was. And what's great about it, too, is she said, she's like, I didn't know. Yeah. You know, like I was this young kid. And she, I think she mentions that, like, no one asked her to, like, right. do these accents. She just kind of assumed that they were hiring her to be, like, these, quote, foreigners and because she looked, quote, exotic. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and she's, I mean, being that age and no one's telling you, hey, you don't need to do that accent. Like, right. I, I'm sure she's, she's said a lot about how the, the blatant racism oh, was yeah. so aggressive. When I was a young girl in films, I was a very passive young woman and I let everybody in the world tell me what to do. I was only seen in one way and having to speak always, always with an accent. I couldn't even audition for anything that wasn't for a native girl. And native girls in movies in those days had no education whatsoever. They were way too sexy. It's something that you don't readily see for what it is. You just get this bad feeling about yourself. And that's when you really feel helpless. You see a script and you say, oh, I could play the heck out of that. Talk to your agent. And he says, they don't want to see you. That's heartbreaking. I played Polynesian. <laughs> I played an Arabian girl. I played an East Indian girl. And uh, what was so confusing about that, which I mentioned in my book, is that I assumed I had to have an accent. Nobody said anything. so. I made up what I call the universal <laughs> ethnic accent. And they all sounded alike. Didn't matter who I was playing, Polynesian, they would all talk like this. The only role that she's talked po in a positive light was when she was cast as Top Tim in The King and I, and when she plays Burmese. Right. Which is, it's Asian. It's Asian. It's not Latin. It's, yeah, it's, it's ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> yes, absolutely. In the eyes of white people, it is... 
other. And this girl is present to me from uh, Burma Prince. She just arrived. Good day, madame. My name is Top Team. I already speak English. And very nicely, too. I think I have a fine idea. In addition to children, you will also teach those of my wives that have sense up for learning. She also uh, has a very, very small role uh, in um, Singing in the Rain. She, uh, plays Zelda. Like, she has like maybe two scenes, yeah. but she looks fabulous. Yeah, and, and that's really why she's cast in that movie. Yeah. I mean, the the one of the scenes has my favorite moment of that like crazy guy, because she plays Zelda Zanders mm -hmm. and the crazy guy that's like, Zelda! Like yeah. the way he screams like somebody's stabbing him to death. I think yeah. the first time we see her, she like gets out of the car mm -hmm. and she's just like, ah, oh, oh, giving you pure Hollywood. And also, um, if you saw the Oscars this year, when she like comes onto the stage, yeah. she does the same thing. She oh, knows absolutely. how to be that Hollywood star. Oh yeah, Ugh. she she works her body perfectly. Yeah, and uh, um, and then in in you know, like we said, she plays everything from Native American to and on and on. Um, and then in 1961, she gets her big breakout role, and she's cast in Robert Wise's and Jerome Robert Robbins' uh, film adaptation of West Side Story. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she plays uh, the role that Cheetah Rivera played on Broadway, um, and she plays Anita, and uh, she ends up winning um an academy award a very casual oscar yeah she wins for best sporting actress she becomes the first latin american mm -hmm. to ever win she's like academy also award. won that over like a million like superstar like it was not a week here right west side story changed my life anita had size and presence and dignity and she became my role model by the way isn't that interesting it took that long for me to find a role model. And, you know, the, the thing that that she hopes to get out of her career post that is being cast in better right. roles. Right. Um, and she doesn't, she doesn't find it. It doesn't happen. And she essentially goes into a seven-year Hollywood exile. And she said, uh, I showed them. I didn't make another movie for seven years after winning the Oscar. Before West Side Story, I was always offered the stereotypical Latina roles, the Conchitas and Lolitas in Westerns, which she has said a lot in interviews, mm -hmm. by the way. Uh, quote, I was always barefoot. It was humiliating, embarrassing stuff. But I did it because there was nothing else. After West Side Story, it was pretty much the same thing. A lot of gang stories. Right. Um, also, really tragic sidebar. Um, while she was filming... West Side Story, the the very famous scene uh, where Anita is attacked by the Jets, um, brought back some really awful memories for her. She was apparently raped twice uh, before she was a celebrity, and actually she was almost raped once at a Columbia Pictures party. Um, and these this all came out after she wrote an autobiography much right. later in life. Um, but it, apparently during the filming, like it was so... She cried for 45 minutes Jesus. during the filming of that scene. And the guys that were attacking her like they instantly stopped and they all went to like try and comfort her and obviously like that's not situation uh but like yeah that's a it's a tough like it's i rewatched it and it kind of shook me i was like this scene is tough right it's a, I, and i remember i because i first watched it when i was like in high school or something and i think just like especially now with the me too movement and like right. all this stuff and it really does read like not just an assault, but like could be coded as a rape. Yeah. She's like 
this, you know, Latin woman in a space that is not friendly to her. Right. And these men are not just, like, and intimidating her. They're physically touching her. And, and it's, like, eight men. Yeah. And they knock her to the ground, and they force one of them on top of her. Yeah. It's, it's real, like, it's, it's dark, and it's one of those things that makes you, like, one of, one of the things I think is really successful about West Side Story is, like, you forget, like, oftentimes you forget that these are gangs capable of killing each other because they're like singing and dancing right but yeah like, it really shows like the power of like i mean yeah like it's people a lot of times make fun of like the snapping the gangs and right. like blah 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 like how silly it is uh but it's kind of powerful stuff like uh I, yeah i was like oh my god what would have happened in that scene if the if is it doc yeah this what if he would had not shown up and said, yeah. like, what are you doing? You guys are fucking animals. Yeah. And, like, could that have actually turned into, like, a really disgusting rape situation? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you haven't seen West Side Story in a while, um, <laughs> and you... It's time to revisit. Yeah. It's, uh, bleh, it's gross. Um, uh, just on the personal side, while she was taking her hiatus, uh, prior to that hiatus and, and during a little bit of it, she uh, had an eight-year relationship with Marlon Brando. Um, it was very contentious, uh, very an unhealthy relationship. I mean, he was the love of my life, but uh, he was crazy. And you know what? To go with a crazy man means you're crazy too. Yeah. It's 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 sort of a it's collu- collusion. You collude. It nothing is ever really said, but you know, I'll be the little girl and your little maid, your little geisha, and you meet my daddy and you take care of me. It's a deal. But no one ever says things like that out loud. You just, but you know, a deal has been sealed. And then when that deal ends, you feel lost. Ooh. Oh, I I felt I couldn't, I felt I couldn't live without him. She also ended up uh, having a brief relationship with Elvis Presley. Um, The, uh, they were kind of very publicly on, uh, but anytime that they were going to take the relationship to another level, Presley would back off. Um, she later said that he wasn't a very good lover and she mostly dated him just to make Brando jealous. Ooh. Yeah. Um, what a queen. Yeah, bitch. exactly. She, she also dated, uh, had relationships with Anthony Quinn and Dennis Hopper. Um, and then in 1965, during that, uh, working hiatus, she married, uh, Leonard Gordon, who was a cardiologist. Um, but he also became her manager. Uh, he unfortunately passed away in 2010, but she has a daughter, for, uh, Fernanda Luisa Fisher, and two grandsons, Justin and Cameron Fisher, with him. And I'm sure, you know, everyone in Hollywood wanted, like, yeah, to be, around. I mean, she's so infectious, you know, I, I, uh, a part of, I, I know she's talented, she's a great singer, great dancer, um, but I think also a lot of it is politics, and, like, she is good, she has the gift of gab. You know, yeah. people want to hang out with her. She's and very funny, very charismatic. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, there's a reason why she's a star. She has that inside of her. Um, on the on the film side, uh, when she returned from her exile, the very first film she did was The Night of the Following Day with Marlon Brando. Um, this was post the relationship, but he got her this role. Um, uh, which is not to say she couldn't have gotten it on her own, but this what exactly what she was talking about is a role she never would have really been cast in. Mm-hmm. Um. And then she, you know, then she steadily worked after that. In 69, she did Poppy and Marlowe, um, and then Carnal Knowledge in 71, and then The Ritz in 77, in which she played a role in which she won the Tony for, for Mm -hmm. Featured Actress. By the way, I should have mentioned this on top, she's our second EGOT. Yes! She She has won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. She's won two Emmys. Yeah, she's won two Emmys. Um... 
And that's the other thing I'm getting to real quick, but I guess I should tell you the Grammy, in case you're wondering what she won the Grammy for, she won it for an album she did for the electric company. Yes. Um, the, uh, and if you can find, like, on YouTube, just put in Rita Moreno, electric company. Yeah. It is so funny. It's so good. And so fun. Her yeah. and um, Morgan Freeman. Yes! Her and Morgan Freeman doing the silliest song together, yeah. and it's so good. Um, and that's why I do want to mention television, because we don't often talk about television here. I, for what it's worth, think television has infinitely been better to Rita Moreno than Hollywood. Oh, for sure. Um, She was in the original cast of The Electric Company from 71 to 77. That is not a short time. Yeah. Uh, The Electric Company was a kid's show, if you've never seen it. Um, She also appeared in The Muppet Show, and that's what she won her first Emmy for. And that episode is fucking amazing. And that's like a kind of very iconic... She's singing Fever. Yeah. Fever... In the morning, fever all through the night. Oye, buddy, nada más quiero decirte que no se debe hacer eso. It's not nice. Entiende? Mírame a mí cuando te hable. Este es mi número, y si tú me fastidias más, te voy a dar una gasnata que te va a bobo. Cool it. So she got that, and then she was also, uh, I mean, she, first of all, she did every TV show under the sun, Love Boat, Cosby Show, George Lopez, mm-hmm. Golden Girls, Miami Vice, um, and then she does a guest in on Rockford Files yep. and gets nominated for an Emmy. Yep. Then she does another guest in on Rockford Files and gets nominated for an Emmy, does the third one, Didn't, doesn't doesn't quite doesn't <laughs> work out the third time. So she gets nominated for 9 to 5, the TV show, so literally, she's just getting nominated for awards, winning awards left and right she does a ton of theater work um she did last of the red hot lovers in 1969 gantry in 1970s was very short-lived and the ritz which i mentioned again that she went went on and played that role in in the the film right. version um googie gomez googie gomez which is a very fun role also uh i do want to point out she did a, a tv movie in 81 i want to say um called Portrait of a Showgirl, which is for free on oh. Amazon. And it's not great, but fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Leslie Ann Warren. It doesn't really know what it wants to be. It's like, is it's this like, kooky? <sighs> is this not kooky? Like, That's how I describe myself. Not yeah. great, but fun. Oh, my God. $12,500 profit in less than a week. Oh, God, I don't believe it. All players don't make that in a year. Just tell me that you love me. I love you. Ah. Rosella! <laughs> I love you because you're a winner. And if I was a loser? I love you anyway. I'll see the house. Rosella, I'm waiting. So wait. I'm rich now. A little respect here. She she continually worked in television. Um, one of her more, most famous roles, Sister Pete on Oz, which I think probably was made, like, I know it's going to sound fucked up, but my introduction to her, because I watched Oz at a really young age, probably really inappropriate age. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and then, you know, worked ever since, but it's mostly been small roles, and uh, her highest grossing film to date. Oh, no, don't say it. 2014's Rio 2, which I didn't watch, even though I did watch Rio for the Anne Hathaway episode, but I found out she was playing one of the humans in Rio 2, so I think so. Boring. Yeah, I was like, I was like, no, if if she's gonna be a bird, I'll watch that, but... A human? But, but, uh, 
then you know in in the 2000s she starts racking up the like lifetime lifetime achievement awards yeah um she gets the presidential medal of freedom unfortunately it was from george w bush but can't win them all um Barack Obama in 2009 gives her the National Medal of the Arts um, and then the Kennedy Center Honors in 2015. And one of the best speeches I've ever seen uh, is Gina Rodriguez's speech to her about seeing her. And many times we've said on the show, representation Mm -hmm. matters. And I mean, if you watch that speech and like it doesn't make you cry. I, I don't know. What's, what's, yeah, what's, what's going what's, on? What is wrong with you? What is fueling your hatred? Dear Rita Moreno, you don't know me yet. I'm a 15-year-old aspiring actress named Gina Rodriguez. My dad always tells me to write down my goals and my dreams and then to work towards getting them. I want to be just like you. I want to make people laugh and cry. I want to fight for women's rights and I want to perform for the world. If you can tell me how to do that, please write me back at Puerto Rican Dulce 714 at AOL.com. I never sent the letter, and little did I know there was another letter I would be blessed to write 15 years later. I wrote and rewrote this love letter to you over and over again, tossing and turning, trying to find the right words. But how do you tell your idol how much you love her after dreaming of the chance to do so? A 15-year-old girl from Chicago who hadn't seen a Puerto Rican represented on screen once asked her mother, Mom, when did Puerto Ricans come about? What do you mean, Gina? I never see us on my favorite TV shows or movies. We must not have existed back then, right? And then she introduced me to you. I met you on screen and I just loved you. Your bright smile, your fierce persona, that independent voice that bursts through every performance and every interview. And I just wanted to be just like Rita. You gave me hope. You gave me a reason to fight and to speak up. You gave me a voice. And how can I thank you? I'm not sure I know how, but I can tell you this. When you followed your dreams, Rita, you gave me the allowance to follow mine. And now, being your granddaughter on Jane, the most surreal blessing in my life. You are my icon, my living legend, and what matters most, my friend. Rita, this is my love letter to you. Rita plays uh, Gina's grandmother on Jane the Virgin. And um, I want to say that was like the first time I saw Rita in a role not having her accent. Yeah. Um, I, it was a while before I knew that she ha- does not have an accent. She sounds like, yeah. a, like a, a, no, and it's it's funny because I've seen her talk about that that accent. The real because this accent is not her like universal ethnic right. accent she invented. This is an actual. This is the Puerto uh, Rican uh, accent. The Puerto this... Rican accent, and basically, she she said when she does it, she's she's doing her mother. Yeah, yeah, and I. For a long time, I was like, kind of like going back and forth. I'm like, oh, I don't know, like how I feel about this. Yeah. Like everything she does, she has. To, even when she's playing a Puerto Rican, she's putting on this accent, and it's like, and she's very good at it. It's not like awkward or anything. Right. But once I knew that she, you know, um, but then the more I thought about, it, there's um, when she wins her Tony for the Ritz, yeah, um, she goes on stage and um, she says, you know, Rita Moreno is ecstatic, something like that, and then. But then she, like, says her real entire full name. I mean, Rita Moreno is thrilled, but 
Rosta Dolores Talverio from Macao, Puerto Rico is undone. And it kind of just like reminded me of like, you know, she is uh, living in this like multitudes of Latinidad and yeah. and it's she does it when she wants to and she's honoring her mother and uh, so yeah. I, I feel I mean unfortunately I don't I, I don't have any other reference of someone talking about this besides Aziz and Zari and how he said that you know he doesn't ever want to do the accent yeah uh, the Indian accent quote unquote um and he doesn't feel like he needs to right and like I think every performer you know can decide for themselves like whether it's there, well right. there's that, that great documentary that came out uh, right. last year the problem of the poo and they th- that really goes deep into right it. um and for rita in her case specifically i mean she's like literally there's no other jobs like i had yeah. like that what she's like she said you know i had to pay bills i had to eat um and they wanted you know like the little ethnic girl um and to this day i mean so on one day at a time she has she's using her accent again and i think i mean this is wildly interesting to me. She would um, guest start a lot on um, Password and yeah. like all those like uh, game shows. I, that's the one thing I love about stars of the sixties and seventies yeah. is like getting them on TV game shows. So and they're just like having, and she's having a blast. Yeah, doing the, um, and she just sounds like she could have I, I, been any girl next door in like middle of America, um, and yet like she was famous for playing all these, like, Spitfire right. Lolitas, and she's still playing them today. Um, and it, it just kind of, like, she's really, like, giving everyone, like, a big fuck you, kind of. Yeah. Like, and can do it all. It's it's uh, inspiring, and it's great. I love her. It's different. It's different, and it's better. But, you know, I have to say, and I'm quoting Ricardo Montalban, who really said it best a number of years ago, but it's still... Uh, it's still apt, and he said the door is ajar, and uh, and it's a big, heavy door too. So if uh, if you're going to look for opportunities, you're going to have to have some strength to to push that more open. It's certainly better, and it's wonderful to see more Hispanic names on the professional scene from my end, you know, in in show business. But um, I'm still waiting to see an actor or actress of Hispanic uh, descent being offered a role that is worthy, perhaps, of an Oscar nomination. I mean, let's face it, uh, how often do you see an Asian face in films and television? They are practically invisible. Now and then you'll get one, and interestingly, he gets the role of a scientist. Isn't that interesting? Well, at least he's not a spitfire. Right? He's not wearing or she off the shoulder clothes. Yeah, it's changed and it's good. But I think, uh, I don't think that a lot of people think of us as contributors to the culture of this country. One last thing before we move into our picks. Funny enough, one of the best pieces of advice I have seen or encountered while we've been doing this podcast was from Rita Moreno and weirdly enough it was from an interview she was doing on Queen Latifah's show uh-huh. Queen Latifah had a show hard-hitting journalism <laughs> hard-hitting journalism but Queen Latifah was asking her about self-esteem and she was talking about how she's not actually uh, she presents very self-confident mm-hmm. she's not always and she's very easily injured by other people um not liking her and uh she she actually learned in group therapy she had a 
breakthrough in group therapy. It's something, you, it takes sometimes a lot of time to find that out, mm -hmm. that if people don't like you, you are not going to die from that. And I found it out, <clears throat> yeah, you're saying right, I never said right. I, I, I wanted to be loved by the world. You right. know, I was one of those ultra insecure people. And um, I was in group therapy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be there. It was the, verse, the very first meeting with other people who had, you know, their own emotional problems. And nobody wanted to be there. And suddenly this woman takes off after me. You wouldn't, I, I don't know what I did, but obviously I just rubbed her the wrong way. And she said, I don't trust you. I, I, I didn't even know her name. As far as I can throw you, don't give me that velvet glove treatment. I don't like you. And, and she went on and on and on. This is in front of strangers because wow. this is the first time in a group therapy with other people. Yeah. And she just laced into me. It's true that I was probably trying very much to ingratiate myself mm -hmm. in the group, and she just hated that. Right. And I really wondered if I would ever go back for a second group therapy meeting, and I decided to do it. And when I got there that evening, uh, it was always in the evening, I said to everyone in the group, and she was in it, I said, uh, I'm sorry you don't like me. And I was trembling, mm. trembling, because I was afraid she'd attack me again. And I said, but I, I found out something very important last week. You don't die if somebody doesn't like you. You mm. survive. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's a really nice thing to for her to put out in the world. And it's very simple, and it sounds obvious, but right. it's not obvious to everybody. Right. Then nobody has ever died from someone not liking you. Right. There are bigger things to like worry about or yeah. like feel type of way about yeah she's so great she's a she's a show person through and through and totally yeah just really amazing so shall we move on to our picks yes let's do it um let's do our one star reviews excellent so it, i'm gonna do some quick i mean pretty much anything she did that wasn't a musical prior to west side story is mostly garbage and it's not her fault but she's correct she i only watch i watched two westerns um seven cities of gold and um also i, I watched fort vengeance which yeah. is one of her westerns um and she kind of is just playing i mean and it's wild though because like the movie was very whatever yeah um it's you know they have like the stereotypical indians and the cowboys and all that shit and she's just playing, I mean, and <laughs> she has a couple scenes where she's in a dress looking fierce as fuck, yeah. you know, kind of singing and dancing for the men. Yeah. And she, it, I mean, fuck, it reminds me now saying it of Selma Hayek. Yeah. And like the shit that Selma Hayek had to go through in the 90s. Um, <laughs> well, that's a, one of the, one of the ones I did see, Garden of Evil, which was the very first thing I watched for me. And she's literally in it for five minutes and she sings a song in a bar and she's barefoot. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. She's yeah. there just to dance, and it's so bad. It made me so angry. But I almost feel like you can't count any like I like because she's not a she's not really a lead in any of those, right? But um, I do want to say that if I if I had to pick based on who she is and what she does now, the the worst movie I saw of the modern era is something from last year. Huh. It's a film called Remember Me, directed by Steve Goldblum and starring Steve Goldblum, where she plays... Who the fuck is Steve Goldblum? He's... It's a good question, Louie. Certainly we won't be doing an episode about him very soon. Um, <laughs> so sorry, Steve, and all your fans. Uh, he... It's it's about a, um, a man who's like an NPR 
type uh, voiceover artist. And he is going to visit his uh, grandmother and grandfather. And his cousin is there. And his cousin's like a, a, like a lousy comedian. And while they're there, their grandfather dies. And first they sort of have to lie to their grandmother because they don't want her to find out. And then they like have to bring her to a home. And essentially she was playing... Uh, the oldest version of herself that I've ever seen her play. Like, like not with it, like, can't move great. And, like, I just don't want to see her do this. Also, on top of that, she was playing white and Jewish oh, in the year 2017. That's like, a little bit disrespectful. And I was just like, I don't know. And I don't know what attracted her to this project. I mean, she was... She's good in the moments that she, the very, 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 very few moments she's given. So I almost am hesitant to pick it as like her one star review. But the script is so bad that it's hard for her to really find a character there. I will give her one scene that's really great, though. Towards the end, um, she wanders off and she's they find her in a salsa class. And uh, it was pointed out to me that uh, she's such a good actress that it is believable that she is a white woman who doesn't really know how to salsa dance and That's is just learning as first. Impressive, yeah, because she's a an amazing dancer. Right. So I was I was impressed briefly by that. There was that flickering moment. Hey, what are you doing? Hi, darling. How did you sleep? You, you know, you really need to start telling us when you're leaving. Hey, come dance with me. Come on. No, I, I honestly I haven't had coffee. No, no. Look, just see. just follow my lead. I hate dancing. Stop it, Vincent. I miss every woman smack me. Okay, you know, you're just afraid of messing up. That, that's what you can do. All you can do is mess up. Do it. Okay. But it's a, it's just a really, it's a shame to waste her in that sort of role nowadays. And I understand, you know, she needs to get paid. She yeah. needs some dollar bills. I saw that like, movie on Amazon, and I, but I was going to be like, no. No. Well, good. You didn't need to waste your time. It's an it's 80 minutes. It felt like an eternity. And in the end, like, they bring her to a home and then they feel terrible about it. And so they go to, like, take her out of the home. And, like, that's sort of the resolution of the film. And, it, it, like, and it, what's weird is, like, the, the main character's arc is sort of that he's, like I said, he's an NPR guy and he wants to advance his career. But he doesn't want to, he doesn't want them to send him to, like, a battlefield or anything. Um, so you think the arc is that he's going to finally get the confidence to, like, go overseas or whatnot. And the very last thing during the end credits is him interviewing her about her age on an, like this N this fake NPR and it's like so his character didn't really progress right. he's still doing the same shit he was doing so nothing has happened yeah <laughs> so that yeah remember me like that's too good of a title for that movie too uh, it's it's the best part of the movie <laughs> yeah it's real garbage and um yeah a really unfortunate and to see her do that in the same year as the first season of one day at a time yeah uh, where she's so good and so vibrant and mm -hmm. so full of life yeah. and to see her play this role that's like sad and practically dead in a comedy like oh it was supposed to be funny oh yeah yeah huh. Uh -huh. um great <laughs> love that <laughs> Uh, so what is your bottom pick? Your uh, one star review. Um, so I'm actually going to go back to 1952 Ooh. and pick The Ring. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, so The Ring, which I believe was remade like with some other people. I don't know. I uh, It was remade with Naomi Watts and it's about a videotape. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, she does play. Yes. The girl gets her. Um, back then it was a reel to reel. This movie 
um, is about a boxer. Yes. Um, directed by Kurt Newman. Um, and it's based on a novella, uh, n- novel, a novel. Um, it tells a story of a Mexican American who becomes a boxer to became a reputation in the U.S. Um, and be respected. Like it's, I will give credit for the movie for like doing, like showing uh, bigotry against Latinos in LA and in California. Um, essentially, there is this kid who uh, he hates that his dad has no money and hates yeah. that his there's a struggle and he just wants to be respected. And um, it's a time when you know uh, Latinos can't sit at the bar at the restaurants and you know um white people are See, that's like, why i actually i saw it and i didn't hate it and I, that's what i liked about it i was i was thought it was really bold for the time it, it was out. really bold for, but but farina yes sarita plays the love interest yes of course um and so the kid's name is tommy um and he decides to become a boxer but like he's not a real boxer he's just like a street fighter and so he's like, I don't need my manager. I don't need my trainer. I'm just going to do what I want and fight. And sure enough, he gets his ass kicked. Like, you know, he wins a couple rounds or run a couple um, fights. But then actual, like, technical boxers are like, bro, you can't even fight. Right. Um, the My issue is Rita's character um, essentially at the end um, is like, she's just like a prop. You know, and, and Tommy doesn't really, like, there's no, like, happy ending, really. His brother, his kid brother um, is like, oh, I'm going to be a fighter like you one day. And Tommy has been, is so dispirited because he's been losing fights and he still doesn't have respect of, you know, white people. Um, and he, like, ends up burning these, these boxing gloves in front of his brother in a very, like, crazy, uh, passionate scene. Um and I, it, I'm blanking a little bit on it, but at the end, I know for a fact that Rito, she's just like, oh, Tommy, uh, you you would think that it's going to be like, follow your dreams, follow your heart, right? right. But she basically is like, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, thank you so much. And then he's just kind of like, you're right. Oh, Tommy. Oh, what's the use of kidding myself? I'm all through, Lucy, washed up. I had my chance and blew it. It was all just a waste of time. Nothing's a waste of time if you learn from it. What did I learn? How to fight? I'll never fight again. Don't say that. You'll go on fighting as long as you live. For what? That's what I would like to know. For what? For the things that are right. For yourself. For other people. Gee, Lucy, maybe you're right. There must be other things I can do. Maybe I'll find them. Of course you will. You know... I'm glad you came back. I never went away. And, yeah, and, like, there the is, ending of that movie is real trash. It's a flop because, like, the movie is, like, you know, him and, like, his friends go to this white diner and they're like, we belong here and, like, I'm right. a fighter and I can be cool. And a lot of it's very progressive, but it just doesn't deliver on the right. promise. At the end, it's kind of like, well, the white man got us. Right. And there's so nothing. There's this undercurrent because in the beginning of the film, there's, like, a, a man who is paid... To pretend to be a drunk, a drunken Mexican man, right? And, yes, and like oh that comes back at the end, and yes. it's, and it's almost like they're being like, "Listen, sometimes you got to just do some things that entertain white people." Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, that's the world we live in. He's got like a bruised face, I think, and he's like holding Rita, and they're just kind of like looking out, and they're like, you know, a slum of L.A. where like all right. the Mexicans live, and it's kind of like, well. We tried. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I guess 
Yes, I forgot about the ending. That's a perfect. And I don't need like I need to go rewrite that movie right now. Better boxed. I'm coming for you. I don't need like a happy ending per se, but like yeah. even when I, I was thinking like well, there's certainly been boxing movies where like the main character loses. Like right. Creed recently was like so good. But like, you just spoiled the ending of Creed for our listeners. Sorry, he loses. Um, <laughs> but like, it's like still like he learns something. He's better right. in his life. In this movie, Tommy is not like, well, at least now I can work and do whatever. Or you know, I've le- it's literally like, my dad was right. I can't yeah. be a fighter, and I'm trash. <sighs> So that's The Ring, all the way back in 1952. Um, Rita's in it, like, not tons, but she's just a prop. And I I, I want to say that doing this podcast, especially this episode, I realized, you know, I know Rita's a star. I, everything she touches yeah. is amazing. But it's allow, also allowed me to explore and find these new, like, treasures and really just, you know, I, I would not think, like, oh, this is a Rita Moreno movie. But, shh, it, I can still, I think, uh, or we can still, like, think critically about the movies that she's in and just do not deliver on the promise of, like, uh, what they're trying to make us learn or feel. Because I was like, ooh, like, all this, like, Latino, Mexican stuff and, like, fuck white people. And then, nope. Just kidding. It's 1952. Um, The... Do you have any other um, one-star... Sort of, because I mean, I, I have a couple more. But, I was uh, gonna maybe also choose Italian movie. Um, oh, I don't even know what that is. Italian movie, first of all, has a trash title. Why? Like, it's like not another t- Italian movie. But like, um, it's like James Gandolfini is playing like um a really bad gangster. Um, and I'm trying to even think where does Rita fall into this movie? I think she plays someone's mom. Um, she does play a lot of Italians in her career. Yeah, she was playing an Italian mom in this, uh, like our grandmother. I don't know. It was like a '90s trash movie. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I I have just a real quick couple that I that I really hated. Um, Untamed from 1955, which is basically a movie in which the people are like, you know, what was really good for South Africa? White people. <laughs> Yeah, it's basically Gone with the Wind, but they're like, let's take it up a notch, guys. I did not watch that. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. Um, Rita Moreno plays uh, the love interest of the baddie, and she's literally only in scenes to get yelled at by him. Excellent. Yeah. I love people yelling at me. (laughs) uh, Especially when I'm being paid for it. (laughs) 1969's Poppy. I just watched Poppy today. I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah. Poppy is uh, gross. And there was a sitcom based on it. It only lasted one season. But there was a sitcom based on it. I watched it and I was like, "How am I? So, how is anyone supposed to feel watching how this movie?" Is anybody, but, and I will say the one saving grace of the film, perhaps, is her. She's the voice of reason, yep. and but she's treated kind of like shit because of it. Yeah, and she's not doing her accent in this movie. No, no, um, absolutely. And she's playing Puerto Rican. Yes, and like, yeah, and, and yeah, and there. So there are things that are really progressive, but at the same time, she's acting against Alan Arkin in brownface. Yep, and the pl- aggressive, aggressive brownface, and the and it, the worst accent ever. Well, that's not true. I, I think the accent's fine, but it's just like very. It's I, like super pronounced. I, I was like thinking about it today. I was like. Should I, should people be giving, um, like, praise, like, oh, Alan Arkin plays a really good Mexican. Right. Like, he's such a good actor that he, like, no, he's not, he's, he's also Puerto Rican, I believe. Isn't Alan he? Arkin? No, in the movie. Oh, in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. He, right, yeah, right, right. No, he is white as right, can I was, because I, I, I've actually interviewed Alan Arkin. Sidebar. I, I, um, <laughs> I, get, I Googled it. I was like, wait, who? Like, I was like, I've heard of Alan Arkin. I know who this is. I was like, he is not, and I tried to, no. like, and I was like, maybe he's, like, a little bit mixed. Nope. No, nope, nope. Sure nope. isn't. I was like. 
maybe I, I don't know. It's hard to be like, what a good actor he is. But but he is he is playing Puerto Rican. In yes, film, he right? is. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, the plot of the movie, real quick, is just that Poppy lives in uh, uh, the. Spanish Harlem. Spanish Harlem in the 70s and he can't take care of his kids anymore because um, his wife has died his wife has died and he works three jobs and they're too much and he dates the woman across the hall played by Rita Moreno and so he decides he's going to put his kids on a boat pretend that they're Cuban refugees mm-hmm. and America will love them and they'll have a better home right. and like obviously it doesn't work out because it's the stupidest fucking plan I've ever heard in my life it's, and it's I mean there are parts where I was like this man is desperate right. and it's heartbreaking like his kids are like Boppy, like, why yeah. are you, like, telling us to go on the boat by ourselves? But, but also, the movie has, like, a jaunty theme song. Right. Oh, like, my God. I, that, yeah. That maybe is the worst thing. It's like, Poppy. Like, yeah. I... And the amount of times that they play that mm-hmm. theme song, I was like, what, what, and, what and is the, the tone I'm supposed to be getting? And the film can't decide what it wants to be. No. He breaks the fourth wall every now and then, but it yeah. happens so few and far between that it almost just feels like not a choice, just, like, necessity. When, when he did it like, I just need to keep you up with the plot. Like, it was like, those are my kids. They're really good students. I'll sell them to you. I'll sell them to you. And I was like, uh, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, I, I thought like maybe it was going to be like, Poppy is supposed to be like this zany character. I mean, first of all, his name is Poppy. And it's not like P-A-P-I, like no. Poppy. It's P-O-P-P-I. Yeah. Um, and like, there are some like slapstick humor things going on. But then like, but it's also super dark, like aggressively, yeah. like these poor kids have to go through it. Yeah. Like other kids strip them naked and burn their clothes at yeah. one point, which is not a hilarious set piece. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's what's like, I think as an audience, it's supposed to be like, wow, he's so desperate to get them out of this. And right. there's a line that's like, he'd rather them die in the ocean than in the sewers of where they yeah. live in New York. And, and that and that's like the line that breaks Rena Moreno too. Yeah, where yeah. she's like, Ugh, that's what? that, and she's like literally being like, "Who? What do you mean? You want to give away your kids to save your kids? What kind of man is it that gives away his children? Let them grow up to be elevator operators and busboys, and then when they're thirty-five years old, and they get the same crap from their kids. They say, ah, but Bobby was a good man who kept the family together. That is not real, right? And, and even at the end, when like the ruse is up, the jig is up. It's by nothing other than like. This white guy being like, I could give your kids away, but they want you, you idiot. Like, you're their father. That's not how this works. Right. And literally, he just, like, goes back with his kids in hand and nothing has changed. Yeah. That that movie is really unfortunate. Um, Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what to say about that. But uh, I guess now would be a good time then to to brighten everybody's day and move into our five-star reviews. (sighs) Thank the Lord. West Side Story? No. But okay. it's not mine either. But we need to talk. But we need to talk about West Side Story. Absolutely. Um, and what I want to say off the bat about West Side Story is yesterday I went to Stonewall <laughs> um, and with some friends who were visiting um, New York um, and because we're gay. <laughs> and we go upstairs to the bar up there and what do I spy playing on the screen? Sound of music. West Side Story. Oh, <laughs> I guess that only makes sense. <sighs> it was like... As if the gay gods were like, this is right, this yeah. is correct. Queen Moreno Go, yes. is here. <laughs> Go and talk about Queen Moreno. Um, what's that story is so iconic. Yeah, like it really is. And uh, it's it's such an impeccably made film. And one of the things that's not talked about enough is the fact that it is technically directed by two people. Jerome Robbins right. did four of the musical numbers before he was fired for doing too many takes because 70 millimeter film is expensive. expensive. Um, 
but Robert Wise was able to take what he did and and seamlessly weave it throughout yeah. the film. It's a gorgeous looking film. Um, Every scene is just like beauty, beauty, yeah. beauty. It's it's impeccably made. Music between Bernstein and Sondheim, like Ugh. wonderful. Um, I will say the, the thing, Rita herself is really amazing, and she deserves all the credit. She deserves her award. Um, so if we're basing it off that, which I normally do off of performance, yeah, it's a it's a five star movie. I will never give five stars to a movie in which it paints white people brown. I just can't. And and who plays um, Tony? No, Anita. Not Anita. um, Anita. Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood. Yeah. Right. Right. We didn't we say that Rita plays Anita. We she plays Anita. That's right. Maria. Maria. Yeah. Maria and I and I like invest like I had heard before like Natalie yeah. Wood wasn't even fucking singing her shit right um I had a couple of interesting facts actually uh the quartet in that movie which yeah. is Rita Moreno um uh Natalie Wood the guy that plays Tony and the Jets mm-hmm. when they're singing that part um actually Rita Moreno got sick with a cold and couldn't yeah. sing and so the last note in that that's sung by her is actually sung by Marnie Knoxon who was also dubbing Natalie yeah. Wood yeah. so technically Marnie Knoxon is duetting herself in right. that song I I mean I, and apparently like there are a lot of a lot of that movie where it's redubbed and yeah. overdone by different people and also I think uh so the guy who's playing um the uh bernardo yeah um used to play riff on broadway yeah and it's george chikiris or whatever yeah he's like a greek um american guy um in heavy brown face yeah um well that's what makes me even angrier is they they painted rita moreno brown because they had to paint all the other white actors brown and decided that she then didn't look dark enough yeah i mean and she's pretty fair-skinned yeah, yeah um you're right and it's unfortunate um and i i a part of me is just like girl natalie wood like i know she was a star and like but if i could read a moreno's like dancing her ass off singing right. her ass off like acting i was like natalie bitch like i'm so sorry yeah. like she doesn't have the range yeah chino has a gun I heard the boys talking. He's hunting for Tony. He is at Doc's store waiting for me. If Chino hurts him, if he touches him, I swear to you, I'll... You know what Tony did to Bernardo? I love Tony. I know. I loved Bernardo. No, and I and I think she's... I think both Bernardo and uh, Anita are much more watchable and enjoyable than yeah. either Natalie Wood or the gentleman playing Tony. Tony. And I think it's partially because they're sort of the the more milk toast. They are the sweet and innocent yeah. and there's yeah. there's not a lot of shade to them right. uh, in terms of character. And and Anita is obviously like a conflicted right. mu- much more conflicted person. Um and I don't know, that's much more interesting and Rita Moreno is just a star. The movie is incredible. It's really really beautiful and like the tricks Robert Wise does like one of my first of all the color palette of the movie alone. Uh, like can you imagine a movie that looks like that nowadays gorgeous. with that like but also like the the weird like blurring that he does when mm-hmm. Tony and Maria see each other for yep. the first time in the middle and that that like dream ballet they have when everything sort of falls to yeah. black and it's just them and some other dancers. Yeah, it's really gorgeous, and it's it's a fucking three hour movie. Doesn't feel it like doesn't it. feel like it at all. No, I mean, there's the scene when um in the quintet or is it quartet? I think quartet, quartet. Yeah. Um, when Rita's talk uh, singing about how she's gonna get her kicks tonight, yeah. and it's all just like red on her. And I think that was the first time I, when I rewatched it, I was like, 
she's talking about getting fucked. Oh yeah, she's gonna get laid. Um, <laughs> and then I and then I was like, oh fuck, and spoiler, like Bernardo's gonna die, and so she's not gonna get laid, and it's like so sad. Yeah. Um, but everything about that movie is just like iconic. All this being said, neither of us picked it. No. Um, we're, we're not basic this week. I, I and I was I was ready to pick it until I watched um a movie two days ago that I really 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 love. What movie is that? Um, the movie that I chose was 1994's I Like It Like That. Um, it is. I I watched it with a friend and he was like, I might have to dip out. You know, it's getting late. And then we were both enraptured by this movie. And he was like, this movie is a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, I like it like that is about um, Chino and Lisette. Um, and Chino's played by John Sato, who you might recognize as Chris um, in, from Selena, Selena's husband. Um, and Lisette is played by Lauren Velez, who you might know from um, Dexter. She plays a lot of like procedural cop characters. Yeah. Um, and she, when I fucking saw this movie, I was like, is that Tessa Thompson on the screen? Because Lauren Velez is uh, this biracial um Afro uh, Latina woman, and she looks just like her. I swear to God, gorgeous, beautiful. I've loved her for years because this, it's funny. I had thought I had seen this movie because it used to be on HBO all the time, but I don't think I'd watched the entire thing. So I was so happy when I finally did watch because I did watch it as well for this. It's um, and she's great. She really, I've loved her for years because yeah, of it. yeah. Um, so they're like very young. They're like yeah. maybe twenty three. They have three kids. They're struggling to pay bills um, and. Uh, Chino also plays like the the numbers as they call them. They live in they live in New York, in Harlem. And uh, one night there's a blackout, and Chino decides he's gonna steal a stereo for Lisette. He gets caught, thrown in jail, and now Lisette has to do everything. She she has no money left. She right. has literally nothing. She has a brother or. She has a sister. A sister. Yeah. Um. In the in the, in the synopsis, it says. A gender confused brother, and then Ugh, so, and so I watched gross. I watched the movie, and I was like, and in the movie, and there's a there's so many layers to this movie that are yeah. so fucking good. Um, so Alexis, her sister, um, is kind of like uh, she's exiled from yeah. her parents, um, who do not. I mean, the parents, their parents essentially are not part of their lives right. at all. Um, and Lisette is like trying to like get a job. Her kids. Are monsters, but also yeah, her kids are fucking monsters. I watched that movie and was like, oh, now I remember why I hate kids. Like, yeah, her kids are monsters, but also just like the technicality of this movie. It was directed by uh, Darnell Martin, um, who was um, an Af- is an African American woman. Yeah, um, one of the first. It's the very first studio film ever directed, like major studio film directed by an African American woman. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is uh, she really lobbied hard to. to get it by its original name which was black black yeah because and when you see the poster for this movie it looks like a rom-com yeah this movie is not a fucking rom-com no. um it is like a textured um this like portrait of struggling to get through life and love and uh essentially you know there's uh police violence right. uh, that's touched upon it, in the movie and you know it feels a heck of a lot more fair and honest about new york city and yeah. race relations than poppy does yes and it, it's it's and rita plays a chino's mother and she's so good. and she's so good in it and it, and it, the movie is not about her and it's not no. quote her movie but again when i was talking she's about a sporting role but when yeah. you just disco- like i just i feels like i discovered this like treasure Why could you fix your hair 
I don't know how to comb nappy heads. Come on, come on. Come on, Ma, please. know about this movie more maybe they do maybe i'm just fucking ignorant but like they talk about um her her kids who are monsters especially her her oldest son who's like eight right um he's like kind of maybe sliding down into like a dangerous path with like drug dealers right and even chino who is not the best dad he flips out yeah he like there's a really intense emotional scene where um this kid is like your son has new shoes and new uh, jeans on today why do you think that is he freaks out, starts beating the shit about his son, and he's like, are you a drug dealer? Are you a drugger? And then picks him up and shows him to a mural that's for, like, a fallen police officer or a... a, a was it a police officer? Yeah, it's a police officer. Yeah. And he's like, you want to end up like your uncle? Your uncle's dead because of drug dealing. And it's just so emotional. And yeah. um, Lisette has to kind of... She's also feeling like, I'm done with this family. Chino was cheating on me. He doesn't care about my job, my happiness. Yeah. Um, and Alexis is the one that has to say, like, you're being just like mom, you know? Yeah. And they have this really tough conversation about, you know, maybe for happiness, you do need to just be selfish and think about yourself and yeah. not worry about people around you. And Alexis is just like, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with me. I, the problem is with them. And it's just so emotional and uh that finally comes around and just uh, what is this a beautiful beautiful movie I, and that, and that's uh just speaking of alexis uh real quick too uh there is a fair amount of trans misogyny in the film but it's very indicative of the time it occurred in and i would rather have it be honest because it's honest about everything else yeah than it not it really exists. and i feel like it's not like she doesn't feel like the butt of jokes. No, yeah. No, it's a very realistic it's, portrayal, even though I believe it is a, a non-trans actor. It's right. just a... Uh, it's a but, man yeah. who plays um, Alexis. It's uh, a man, Maury. That's a man, Maury. <laughs> uh, but, like, also Alexis plays, like, this... Or she's, a like, this bruja, like, yeah. spiritual... And I just, like, every time... <laughs> me and my friend were like, oh, I don't know, like, if this person's be able to like pull this off but he totally does the movie is great it's on amazon right now um you have to pay for it but um yeah it's, but it's it's worth watching super worth watching i um i know i did talk a lot about reading but she's really good in it um but, but the, as, as as a whole movie it's yeah. just a, a true gem i i'm gonna pick one that i think you're probably gonna think i'm crazy for but uh but i really loved the ritz uh 1976 oh, absolutely um so, as we mentioned before, it's what she won her Tony for, playing uh, Googie Gomez. Yes. Um, and the Ritz is, like, not exactly progressive for 1976, but it is a comedy. Yes. Um, and it's it's a it's a film in which, uh, and I love this because Jack West, she would go on to star in another movie with Jack Weston, not too many. But Jack Weston plays the uh, a man whose brother-in-law 
He's trying to kill him. He's trying to kill him. So he tells the cab driver to bring him to the last place on earth he would expect to. And he brings him to the Ritz, which is a gay bathhouse. <sighs> and hilarity ensues. It's very much... It's very much a, a Broadway farce. Yeah, um, it's a comedy of errors. Right, absolutely. Um, so he's there. Uh, Googie Gomez is a is a nightclub performer who performs there. She's like really not great. Yeah, um, she's very not great. Everybody thinks she's secretly a man in drag. Mm-hmm. She's not. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, also there at at this bathhouse is F. Murray Abraham in being. So fucking funny. <laughs> F. Murray Abraham is so funny in this movie. Is he the chubby chaser? No. Or he's... is he the, the skinny guy who just wants to like really get laid? Yeah, he's the guy who just really wants to get laid. Yeah, he's really good. Um, the chubby chaser is also really funny. He didn't do a ton of movies either. I can't remember uh, his name. Uh, There's all these characters yeah. that you meet along the way. And it's like a really crazy fun house. Yes. And Treat Williams plays a detective. Oh, my God. And he has a voice that's like this. But he's so hot. And, and so committed to that voice because so you committed. think that the, like because i thought it was a joke at right, first right. and um yeah it's just you're looking for something big boy yeah like, yeah um, oh what do you mean yeah, it's like, literally a mickey mouse territory yes absolutely i can explain everything. i don't need no explain you would rather make hee 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 boo 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 ha 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 with that maricon you got hiding under the bed two maricons googie who's that down there it's me chris oh hi chris what are you doing down there? I wish I knew. You look so funny. The reason why this bed is going. No! Not only you got a fat boyfriend, you maricong hump, you got a mean one. I'm not his boyfriend and I'm not gay. With a voice like that, you know, straight arrow nether. I was born with his voice. So, wasina suma. And uh, yeah, it cast ensues. And on top of that, it, it's directed by Richard Lester, who is. <laughs> I, I mean, I would say. He, he directed some bad movies in his career, but probably in terms of of setting up comedic devices, one of the, the best directors in terms of just like, just so proficient in like, I call him a Rube Goldberg comedy machine. Like you can tell what's him and what's the play. Like, he, like when they were like, oh, Googie Gomez then performs for everybody at the bathhouse. He was the guy who was like, "Cool, we'll put a pool in the middle." Right, of the right, room. yeah. <laughs> like you know, let's get a pool. Yeah, she will end up in it. Everybody will end up in it, nonetheless. Like that's a, and so that's sort of you know, like all these stairs and everything. You can tell that that's him, and yeah, chaos just ensues as you mentioned. Jerry Stiller's his brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. He shows up at the bathhouse. Uh, mistaken identities. Mistaken identities. Uh, everybody thinks everybody's gay. Some people are. Some people aren't. Yeah. And, um, and it's just really funny. And I'm so surprised that in doing our Queer Cinema podcast, this didn't come out. Yeah. But uh, since we are talking about Rita Moreno, her character is so, so good and does such a standout role. Mr. Producer. Yes. All she and, wants is to be seen by a producer to make it big. And the weird thing is, is that is, it's such a cartoony role. Mm-hmm. But there is like an essence there of a, of a real, like very angry person oh yeah who just more than it like is basically like why isn't it my time to shine but also i think a true like power that rita has is she can become these cartoon characters yeah and we still care about them right it's not just like you know she's doing slapstick and it's like whatever she's funny and engaging like it's 
to to where she's doing one day at a time. She's a, a cartoon character yeah. of a human being, but it's just like so good. Um, and yeah. and, Go- and Googie and and again, like you said, she has to play someone who cannot sing and dance. No, um, and she does such a fucking good job at it. Yeah, she really does, and she, it's pure attitude. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, I I highly recommend uh checking out the Ritz. It's really fun. Do you have any other five star reviews? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we talked about West Side Story. Which was really good. Oh, um, at your uh, um, recommendation, I saw The Four Seasons. Yes, which is also, she plays Jack Weston's wife in that. And she <laughs> plays an Italian. She plays an Italian, and she brings it up in every scene. Right. But but that movie, that was Alan Alda's first film as a director. And I, I'm really partial to them. I liked a lot of it, I'll be perfectly honest. Yep. I thought the dramatic stuff worked, and I thought the, the comedic stuff worked. Carol Burnett is a fucking icon. Yes. Um, there's a great scene in there that was written only under her suggestion, which I think is even better that that he would be like, I'm writing and directing this movie. And she would come in and be like, actually, yeah, <laughs> you need to write me a better scene. Um, and so, and Rita's really great in the, I mean, I laughed so hard. There, there's a scene, uh, it takes place over four seasons, as it's called. And one of the characters gets married or starts sleeping with a much younger woman gets divorced and starts sleeping with a much younger woman and there's a scene where they're all on the boat and they can all hear him fucking his younger girlfriend yeah, yeah. and they're all trying to figure out ways to keep themselves distracted so they don't have to and i i could not stop laughing i was dying during all i could scene. think of was like alan alda carol burnett rita moreno just casual icons of, yeah. of like their craft yeah and like i just imagine him calling them up and be like hey girls like <laughs> you know how we like hang out and have fun like what is like a movie about it and it's like it's truly a, a treasure and treat to like watch yeah. them like do their work also she so she doesn't have an accent in here um, and also this is like a I don't think I saw a lot of her in like middle age roles right i saw her when she was very young and beautiful um, and doing like the sexy thing, and then I saw her, you know, when as she's a like, grandma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you don't see her a lot as like this middle aged, you know, 30, 40 year old person. Um, and so it was nice seeing her uh, not in those two realms. Um, the the other real quick, uh, I want to give a shout out to 1950s So Young So Bad, um, which was her very first film. And I'll give it this: she is playing a bit of a stereotype, and the movie is not really great. It's about so this is maybe like a three-star review like uh it's about reform school girls and like how shitty they were sort of are cheated. they so young and so bad exactly Dolores, miss levering and i want to be your friends we want to see if there's anything we can do to make you happier here i don't mind only i'm not staying here no the other girls have to stay They've done something bad. But I leave today. My train is waiting. And for her to show such strength in her very first role, I don't know. I was I was really impressed by that. Like I said, the movie itself maybe not amazing. Right. But and another really good understated performance is, and you can find this movie on YouTube in parts. It's the only way I could find it. Is a film from 1980 called Happy Birthday Gemini. Okay. And I would recommend seeing it for her and um, Madeline Kahn. Okay. I love the fact that they're in a movie together. Rita Moreno, once again, is playing uh, Italian. She plays Lucille Pompey. And uh, the movie is about um, her son, 
who's turning, I think he's turning 21. He's just come, his, his couple friends of his from college come to visit him. And they're twins, um, and one guy and one girl. And her son is basically coming to terms with the fact that he's in love with the boy of these mm-hmm. of these brother and sisters. And the sister is in love with him, and he's, like, trying to explain to her, he's like, I think I'm gay, and I think I'm in love with your brother. And this is a movie from 1980. That's... And and Rita Moreno has a really great scene where she goes shopping with with the the his friend the female and she basically asks her like and she's kind of like yeah like I've known for a long time and like it's not a big deal. I have just been thinking about Francis all night long. Oh yeah. Why am I so drawn to him? Maybe maybe I sensed it all along and liked him because he's maybe just because he's just the way Francis is. You mean queer? Don't be shocked. I know what it is. Where? Yeah, Nick and me had a long talk. There ain't been no girls around that house except to sell cookies. It's hard for a man to have a queer for a son, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess he'd rather he was queer than humpback or dead. And it's a really great scene, especially because she's playing this very outlandish Italian character. Right. But it's nice to see that heart in this movie. Plus, you know, Madeline Kahn can do no wrong. So uh, that's once again, icon like, queen. yeah, Icon Queen, like, uh, not the highest recommendation, but it's it's worth checking out. It's like I said, it's in parts on YouTube. Right. So, it's, so before we move into our fast forward, because I keep getting this complaint from people, uh, we just to recap what our full one star and five star reviews are. My one star review is 2017's Remember Me. Mine was 1954's The Ring. My five-star review was 1976's The Ritz. Mine was 1984's uh, I Like It Like That. Excellent. And now, our fast-forward. So like we mentioned, she is currently starring in One Day at a Time. She really is starring. She really is starring. Um, And and as it was pointed out to me last night, because we're at the middle of season two, or we're at episode four of season two, so I haven't finished it yet. Oh yeah, we're my still Gavin. Yeah, I just yeah, got to the ready. just got to the citizenship episode. Um, as was pointed out to me last night, she is Sophia and Blanche rolled into one. That's very <laughs> good. That's a very good like observation because uh, if you're not watching the show, please just like and and when I first watched it, I watched it when my mom was visiting two years ago, and just because I thought, oh. My mom watched the original. I've right. never seen like this is a Norman Lear show yeah. that is now being re- redone, remixed by, by, Norman, by Lear. Norman Lear. I mean, it was it was. If you watch it, you'll see that it was like developed by other people, but he's the executive producer, right? So like he has helped bring it back. It's him and um, Gloria Calderon Kellett, yeah, um, who is like one of the few Latin American female uh, uh, people doing. Um, TV, um, and it stars also Justina Machado, who is also incredible. Oh my god, she's amazing. I mean, she really is the heart and soul of that. She show. plays. Uh, I mean, I, I guess she plays the quote main character. Yes. Um, and uh, it, I had never seen the original. Um, and I have, but years ago, like I was a kid. And you, if you are like a modern uh, TV watcher, you might have to get over the like um, the laugh track. The laugh track. Yeah. Okay. Can we agree that if there is a God, it's gender neutral, not a he or a she? No. God is a man. If it were a woman, there would be less problems. 
Pobrecito God, he tried so hard. I promise if you get through the first episode, it's... Yeah, and the and pilot the pilot is a pilot. Like yeah. it's not as good as some of the later episodes. Yeah. And I could talk about this show forever. Yeah. It, there's this conversations on the show that no one else is having about yeah. like colorism in the Latino community. Um, it, it's there's a really strong LGBT theme running through this yeah. thing. Holy shit! The amount of times that I was just like sobbing watching this and the whole idea of family. Uh, they they talk about immigration in a really frank and yeah and like important manner and mental health mental health holy is, yeah. shit there's a whole episode where Justino who is um plays the mom she um is a veteran and she has aggressive PTSD yeah and she has to be on medications and her and uh, Rita Moreno's character the grandmother is like I don't like that you have to be on medicine all the time and blah yeah. blah and. They have to learn how to, you know, this is our reality. Everything about the show is just like, yes, 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 yes. And so I'm so excited that the third season um, just got renewed uh, or got ordered. Um, you're going to fucking like yeah. tear your heart out when you get to the end of the second season. So <sighs> yeah, good Come, luck, girl. Coming in 2019. Um, real quick, before we close out this episode, what do you want to see? I mean, Rita is, she's not a spring chicken, mm-hmm. she's not a, but um, but she's still going strong. She's really gorgeous, really beautiful. But what do you what do you sort of want her to do now? Like I would love. I mean, so she did have a uh, uh, autobiographical one woman show out in Berkeley. Yes, um, and, and she had that like seven eight years ago. So now she could. I mean, she still has some plenty of stories to add to it. She's eighty six years old. I don't think I mentioned often. Yeah, so. um, I would. I would love to see her back on stage. Yeah, I would love to. You know, and I don't know what role it needs to be or want to be, but. She um, can still sing. Yeah. She can still dance. Um, she is a sprightly woman. Uh, and I would just love to keep... I mean, the Oscars this year, like, one of the highlights truly was just seeing... She... Fuck, bitch. She went to the Oscars wearing the same dress that she wore when she won her and, Oscar. And to make it even better, uh, as pointed out by my friend Andrea, uh, she had it altered. So it was even more revealing mm. than it was when love. she wore it in 61. Yes. Oh, I love it. Queen. Yeah, it's so and, good. And, and, and so, like, I just... She, you know, she's 86 years old, yeah. and I just want Hollywood and everyone to take every moment they can yeah. to bask in her light and glory. Yeah. And listen, she if she doesn't want to work again, she's earned it. Right. She, she totally. Can, totally. But, like, I, on the other hand, and I definitely want to see her return to the stage, but also I would love, love, love... She's done so much work to to try and get good roles for latin people mm-hmm. and um and i think she's still got one really good role left in her and i would i would love to see her in the lead of like um you know an older person romance or you know something like right. that where like she's she's still got it she yeah. like i would love to see that she reminds me kind of like in uh lily tomlin yeah like where she's a couple years ago she did grandma yeah um and so i could totally see uh rita doing something like that uh i i would love to see a big like ensemble like latino family yeah movie um, but but where she's not like buried, where it's not like right. comic relief grandma, right? Like and but at the same time, like 
you know, my one star review was a movie about her being old. I don't want to see the movie. I don't want to see a film about her being old. Like she, she is what she is like, and she doesn't seem to be old in real life. What I want, so, what I want is like basically the family stone, but like <laughs> with, she could, she could be doing like the Diane Keaton type roles and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's what I want. Uh, and she's just so fucking funny. Yeah. And, but also like she knows she like she's such a fucking technician of emotions and her yeah. body like she knows how to play and read every single note and beat it's yeah. just like astounding how even on like a silly sitcom like one day at a time she can just like she's not even doing that she's singing to herself dancing around and it's just like endlessly charming oh what an icon and even if like the, for the end of her days um she's just showing up to award shows to like get lifetime achievement awards Yes. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I want. I'm all, all also her, fine with that. All her speeches are incredible. Um, God, I love her so much. She's so great. Yes. Rita, you are very dear and near to our heart. Is it near and dear or dear? Whatever. Whatever there. it is. Yeah. You're here. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So I guess that closes us out, right? I mean, I don't. I don't know how much more we need to be uh, uh, dumping no. all these accolades. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, things um, are. She knows. Call us. Um, but uh, but yes. Uh, so that's it for this week's The Mixed Reviews. If you want to find us online, you can find us on Twitter at The Mixed Reviews. We're also on Facebook. Just type in The Mixed Reviews. Um, or oh, you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Right. And you can also listen to us on all sorts of different yeah, places. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Um, the list goes on on Google Play Music. Also, if you would be ever so kind to rate and review us on iTunes, it helps other people find us. We love meeting new people. Gavin is on the floor begging and pleading, guys. Please, please. You're so needy. (laughs) Spit on me. Wait, no, that's something else. That's That's different. Wow. Took a turn. Yeah. Gavin's fully erect. Whoops. (laughs) Uh, um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I know we've been kind of like lackadaisical. Yeah, uh, we're we're trying to get our schedule back together. Yes. um, It's like, I turned 30, it'll give me a break. Yeah, exactly. Um, She's having a midlife crisis over here. I know. You Uh, should see how many different styles of lipstick she has on. Get it together, girl. I know. I'm, I'm having a moment. Um, but yes, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, please find us on Twitter to vote for our next poll, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Buying a credit is so nice. One look at us and they charge twice. I have my own washing machine. What will you have, though, to keep clean? Skyscrapers bloom in America. Cadillac zoom in America. Industry boom in America. Well, in a room in America. New housing with more space. Lots of doors slamming in our face. I'll get a terrace apartment. Better get rid of your accent. Life can be bright in America. If you can fight in America. Life is all right in America. If you're all white in America. Oh.